So let's look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And I've been talking about overcoming. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Let's read that together. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, one thing I, I thought was awesome this week, and it, how many people were able to attend some of the convention? Well, there was there was one night there was one night that they they announced a big change with BVOVN, and and how they're changing the name of it to Victory. You know, and I was like, yes, yes, because you know why why did that excite me? Because that's that's what drives Doctor Savell and my, myself. That's what this church is all about, is about you being victorious. That's, that's what our heart, that's what, that's what I think about. That's what I, what, what I pray about. That's what, when I seek the Lord, I'm Lord, Lord, what do you desire for them to step into this week to take them to a greater place of victory? What's going to cause them to grow up in faith? Cause what faith is what causes you to overcome the world. You are a world overcomer. Amen. If you are, you have Christ on the inside of you, what first John says, you're born of God and whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So what this church is all about is about victory is about victory is about your victory, victory in your physical body, victory in your finances, victory in your marriage, victory in your relationships, victory on the job, victory in your business coming up higher and higher and higher and higher in life. See, see, God is not a God that our God is not a God that stays the same. He's a, he's a God of increase. He never, he, he never changes. He never changes, but yet he's always progressing. He's always progressing. He's always progressing. See, the Bible says that we grow from glory to glory and faith to faith. Meaning our lives should always take another step up, right? Our lives should always go up another step, right? But see, you know what? The enemy, he always wants to either keep you on the same level or cause you to go backwards. You know, Apostle Paul in in Corinthians makes a statement. He says, he goes, you know what? I had a great door of opportunity. Great door of opportunity, but also there was great adversities. We all, we all, all have experienced adversity. Maybe, maybe it's a loss of a loved one. Maybe it's someone hurting us. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, maybe it's challenges within your physical body. Maybe it's setbacks financially. Maybe it's, it's how you grew up. Whatever it is, the enemy will use any vice he can to either keep you on, keep you the same or to keep you going backwards. But you know what I found in my life? You can never just stay where you are. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. But you know what I believe in my prayer and our prayer as a church is that you're going forward in God. You're going forward with God. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's go to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two. And there was several things that I was praying throughout this, actually the last couple weeks. And, and uh, I just sense in my heart, I'm probably not going to get to all those. So whatever I don't get to this week, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up next week. I'll just go, go as far as the Holy Spirit desires us to go today. In Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse 11, it says, Wherefore remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, when we talk about we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, I don't have time to go back and talk about all that, but what we established is, what does it mean by the blood of the Lamb? It means that we have a covenant. What is the blood of the Lamb all about? It's about covenant. And I love hearing Dr. Savelle this week, what he, he talked about covenant. Faith in that covenant. You know, that's one thing that as, as believers and, and really in our Western mindset and thinking, we don't, we don't understand covenant. But covenant is this agreement. And so when the blood of Jesus was poured out for you and me, it, it brought us into this relationship, this covenant, this covenant with God, this covenant established upon better promises, this covenant that we've been given by the blood of Jesus. And he was telling them, Paul is not only is he talking about the blood of Jesus, but he's also talking about his testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Paul is not only talking about the blood, but he's talking about his testimony. He's saying, you once were this. I once was this, but now. What is he doing? He's releasing his testimony. He's testifying about what Jesus did. He's testifying about what was a reality to him and what now he is now a partaker of. He was saying, you once were this. And because you were uncircumcised, meaning you didn't have the mark of a covenant. You didn't have the mark of circumcision, which was the mark of a covenant. Because you didn't have that, you weren't able to be a partaker of the covenant. And again, this, he says, and you had no hope. And you were without God. Man, you know what, what you need no matter what, where you're at in your life, what you're facing and what you're going through is you need hope. Hope is a picture. Hope is a blueprint. Hope is, is the blueprint that you rest your faith upon. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And here he said, there was a time when you had no hope and you were without God. But the next verse says this. He says, but now. Let's say that. Let's read verse 13 together. But now in Christ Jesus... You who sometimes were afar off were made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let's keep reading. For he is our peace. Stop there. You can stop there. For he is our peace. See, it was a time when you had no hope. But now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Wow. Just hit your neighbor and say, I've been brought near. And because you've brought, brought, been brought near, you know what? You have hope today. You have hope today. Whatever pressure you're dealing with, whatever tribulation you might be going through, whatever setbacks you might experience, I want you to know because of the blood of Jesus, you have a hope that you can hold on to. I'm telling you, when Jesus died for you, it wasn't just so you could all of a sudden now, hey, I'm going to heaven one day. But it was no, now you could live victorious in this life. 
you've been made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And you have been called according to Romans chapter 5, 17 to rule and reign with him in this life. See, that's we overcome by the blood of the lamb in the word of our testimony. That is our testimony today that I have been brought near. And because I've been brought near, I have hope. And if I have hope, I have an expectation for a greater future. I have an expectation for a greater future. Let your hope rise this morning. Let your expectation come up a little bit higher. You say, well, pastor, how can you say that? Why? Because I can say that because you have a covenant because Jesus brought you near. And this verse 14 says, for he is our peace who have made both one and get this and has broken down that middle wall or partition between us. See, there was a time when you, when you and I were separated from God. We were on this side and God was on this side. But I'm telling you, when Jesus died on the cross for you, that thing, that very thing that kept us away from that, that very thing that kept us away from having hope, that very thing that kept us from having the rights and the promises that, that, were, that were in access to the children of God, that was taken away. That was totally removed. That was totally taken out of the way. So we could now stand right next to him. We've been brought near to that covenant. And because I've been brought near to that covenant, I'm telling you, I have peace with God. And I'm telling you, peace isn't just this, this, this feeling of, or this, this aspect of having no current struggle and everything going well. This, this peace he's talking about is not something that is, is something that you sense up here, but peace is a force. Peace is a, is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force. It's not something that, hey, everything is going good, so now I have peace. No, you can have peace when you're going through hell. You can have peace when, when you're in the, in the, in, in the bottom of the, uh, when you're in the bottom of the prison. You can, you can have peace when you're in the pit. You can have peace when you're going through tribulation. You can have peace when you don't know how it's going to turn out on the other end. You can have peace even though you have, you have symptoms staring at you. Why? Because we have this covenant. We need to get a, underst- a greater understanding of our covenant. A greater understanding of of, of what we have access to. Say, I have hope today. Because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Victory. Hallelujah. Victory in Jesus. We have victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. The song, I think, by this name, Todd, Todd Delaney. He says, Victory in Jesus. I don't know. I'm probably not doing it right, Deborah, but uh, Victory in Jesus. Man. Victory in Jesus. You know that song? I'm not doing it right. Can, 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 you, can, you sing, can you sing that? You don't know it? Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Something like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I just, just keep hearing that myself. Victory. 
victory. Victory belongs to Jesus. Because of, because of Jesus, we have victory today. Because of Jesus, we have victory today. Oh, because of Jesus, we have victory today. Because of Jesus, we have victory. Man, verse, verse 1 here says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Therefore, being justified by faith. See, how, how did we get justified? By the blood? we justified by the, if you, look, if you look at verse 9, it says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. I mean, because of his blood, we, we have been justified. So verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom, so talking about Jesus, by Jesus also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, what is, what is hope again? Hope is this inward picture. Hope is this inward expectation of a greater outcome. See, right now, you might be in the pit, but I'm telling you, you can be in the pit, but yet still have a picture of a greater outcome. Like right now, I might be here, but you know what? I'm going there. Right now, I might be here, but you know, right, right now, I'm going over, I'm going over there. Right now, this is what the doctor might be saying, but you know what? That's where I'm going. Why? Because I have hope. I have hope by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Meaning we're standing somewhere. We're standing in something. You know, and I love this word standing. It's a place of authority. It's a, it's a place of, it's a place of faith. It's a place of determination. It's not, it's not, I'm laying down defeated in this grace. No, I'm standing in this grace. I'm standing in this grace. I'm standing in this grace. I'm standing in this. Enemy, you are not going to defeat me. Why? Because I'm standing in this grace. I'm standing in an ability that's not my ability. I'm standing in a strength that's not my strength. I'm standing in provision that's not my provision. I'm standing in the blessing that's not my blessing. I'm, I'm standing in this. And how did I get there? I had access by faith in Jesus Christ. You have to understand this victory that we have in Jesus Christ. You know what? And what I see out here doesn't determine what I see in here. I stand in this grace. And and I love this. It says, and it says, and, and I rejoice. So as I'm standing there, I'm doing something. See, sometimes we, we, we can think we're in faith, but we're not in faith. Well, I'm in faith, brother. Well, if you were in faith, brother, you see, there, there, there are marks of faith. I believe it's, I believe it's Romans chapter 13 that tells us that the, the, the outcome or the fruit of faith is peace. See, if you don't have peace, then, then you haven't got to a place of faith yet. 
right? So there, there are signs. And the other one in Romans 13 is joy. So if you don't have any joy and you don't have any faith and you, and you don't have any joy and you don't have any peace, you know what? You need to press a little more on in faith. You, you need to spend a little bit more time with Jesus. You need, to, you need to spend a little bit more time in the word. You need, you need to spend a little bit more time meditating on the promise. You need to spend a little bit more time with Jesus. See, because see, see, the word is where our faith is established. The word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we don't have peace and we don't have joy, that lets me, you know what? You know what? I need to get back in the word. I need to get back in the word. I need to get back in the word. If, if all of a sudden I've lost my joy and I have no peace, then you know what? The Lord's saying, Justin, you need to get in the word and you need to get with Jesus. See, my wife can tell if I need to get with Jesus. Because she'll hear me complaining or she'll hear me talking like I normally don't talk. So, you know, she's, she's probably praying, Lord, he needs to get with you. He needs to get with Jesus. Amen. But see, we have, we have to come to this place where in this grace we have access into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice. So while I'm standing in faith, I'm rejoicing. Rejoice in the hope. Of the glory of God. Man, I got a revelation of this scripture this week. I got a revelation of this scripture this week. Man, you know, because I always think and I think of the word rejoice. You know, I think of, you know, you know, praising or worshiping or or think of, you know, what is rejoice to spin around, you know, with it, whatever. You know, what is it? What is rejoice, Rick? To leap. to leap and to spin around, to get bright. Turn around, right? That's that's rejoice. Now, now all that's great. And that and that has to do with this. But what a greater definition of actually this word rejoice means to glory in. It has to do with praise. It has to do with something. But I want you to get a picture of this this today about rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Say that with me. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, another word, if we're, I'm saying glory in, rejoice, glory in something, and it's a word I don't like, as I don't like hearing this, I don't like seeing this, but for the sake of a, a greater understanding for today, is bragging. See, if you glory in something, you're bragging in something. Rejoice in the hope. It's like, my daddy's stronger than your daddy. <laughs> Rejoicing here is boasting. It's bragging about. I'm boasting in something. You know, if you just won the championship, you know what? You're going to know that you won the championship, right? If you want, if you watch them win the World Series, they, they won the national championship. They won the Super Bowl. You know what? You're going to know it. Why? Because they're boasting about their victory. They're boasting about their victory. So when it says rejoice, Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What is he saying? Boasting in the hope of the glory of God. I'm, I'm, I'm bragging about my daddy. I'm bragging about my father. I'm, but what, what is he? I'm rejoicing in the hope of what? Of what? The glory. Of who? God. What is the glory of God? The goodness of God? The presence of God and the power of God. So what, what, what is, so, so while you're in circumstances and you're in situations, 
what I'm standing in this grace, wherein I stand in this grace, I'm standing rejoicing, boasting, boasting about the glory of God. I'm boasting about the glory of God. I'm talking about the glory of God. I'm talking about the goodness of God. I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about the presence of God. While you're going through a storm, you don't talk about your storm, but you need to boast. You need to brag about the glory of God. You need to make much of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Boast in the hope, the picture, the expectation. Hope is an expectation. So I'm bragging about, I'm posting, I'm boasting about my victory. Why? On what? Because of the glory of God. Wow. Rejoicing. Glorying in the hope. Oh, I'm glorying in the hope. I'm boasting in the hope. I'm talking. See, when you're boasting, when someone's boasting, and and it's probably, I, I can't stand that when I hear people do that. With talking trash or whatever they want to call it, but but this whole thing of but but this is boasting about my expectation for God to show up. Hallelujah! Boasting, 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 rejoicing, glorying in the hope of the glory of God. And then let's let's keep reading this. Thank you, Father. And not only so. But we glory in tribulation. Now, he doesn't say glory my tribulations. He says glory in my tribulations. There's a difference. See, we don't give God thanks for the struggle, but we give him thanks in the struggle. So I want you to see, here we're the scene, the writer talking about going through something, Right? But he says he glories in the tribulation. So he, so here he's saying, he, he, he's talking about this. I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And really what he's telling us, and I especially do it when I'm going through tribulation. I especially do it when I'm going through tribulation. I especially do this when the enemy is coming against me. I especially do this when all hell has come against me. I especially do this in the midst of the doctor's report. I especially do this in the midst of my loss. I especially do it then. I glory in tribulation. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope. Verse five, and hope maketh not ashamed. See, see, let's go back to, we rejoice, we boast of the hope of the glory of God. And so while we're going through tribulation, I'm going to let patience work. Meaning as I'm going through this tribulation and I'm boasting of the glory of God in my tribulation, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be steadfast, meaning I'm going to continue to boast on the glory of God. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be constant, meaning no matter what I'm facing and what I'm going through, you're going to still hear me rejoicing about the hope of the glory of God. So as I'm going through tribulation, I'm going to let be, I'm going to be steadfast and I'm going to, there's going to be experience, meaning, meaning it's all, it's going to affect my character. And then it says, and then experience hope. And then hope maketh not ashamed. What does that mean? Hope maketh not ashamed. 
What is that hope again? It's that inward expectation. It's that picture on the inside of me. Meaning what I'm boasting about, what I'm talking about, what I'm rejoicing in the hope, right? I'm rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. I'm rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. I'm rejoicing in the expectation of the glory of God. And this, what I'm rejoicing in, my hope will not be ashamed. What does that mean? Not be disappointed. Not be disappointed. My hope maketh not ashamed. What I see on the inside of me will come to pass. What I see on the inside of me will not, I will not be disappointed on the other side of this. Yes, right now I'm in tribulation. Right now I'm going through something. Right now I'm facing something. But you know what? I'm going to continue to boast in the glory of God. And I'm going to continue to boast in the glory of God. And I'm telling you, this picture on the inside of me, it will not be disappointed. Why? Why? Let's read it together. Verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Wow. My hope will not be disappointed. Why? Because the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. You see... We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. This testimony, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy, Holy Ghost. Man, I, I want the love of God to go off on the inside of you like never before. I want you to grow in the love of God. I want you to grow in your understanding and your revelation of his love. I want you to see my hope maketh not ashamed. My hope, Vic, will not be disappointed. Why? Because I know how much he loves me. And while I'm going through this tribulation, I know he loves me. When I'm facing that setback, I know he loves me. The enemy is going to try to get me to blame God, blame other people, accuse them, accuse that person. But you know what? I'm going to glory and I'm going to boast in the glory of God. I'm going to boast in the glory. I'm not going to boast about my problem. I'm not going to boast about my issue. I'm not going to boast about what someone else did to me. I'm not going to boast about what they said to me. I'm not going to boast about any of those things. I'm going to boast in the glory of God. And as I hold on to that, it's a picture on the inside of me. And it builds a greater revelation of his love for me. Amen. Let me close with this. Isaiah 54. So much more, but I ran out of time. So there's, there's things that we'll get into next week. Thank you, Father. See, this, this is covenant. See, his love towards you is his covenant towards you. See, this is covenant. Let's look at verse 10. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that hath mercy on thee. The Amplified says, for though the mountains should depart and the hills be shaken or removed, yet my love. Now, get out. now this sounds like uh, someone going through tribulation. But what does it say? For though the mountains should be departed and the hills be shaken and removed. Though everything is shaken and falling around you. 
Although things look, look, look wrong around you, all things, things look devastated around you. The, the prophet here is says yet, yet, this is what God says yet. This is God speaking to you. This is God writing through Isaiah, speaking to you. And God says, if this, even though this way it might look, even it looks like you're in tribulation, you're in this pressure. You know, there's a, there's a, the, the Greek word for distress is narrowness of room. It means to be confined to a small place. And, and this is what I hear God speaking to us today. And, and this is to each one of us because we're all in different places. And here he says, for though mountains should depart and the hills be shaken and removed, meaning though your life might be shaken, God says, yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you. Why? This is covenant. Now get this, nor shall my covenant of peace, I get the, and then the Amplified says, covenant of peace and completeness be removed. See, God is not moving away from you. See, we draw near to him. He draws near to us. He sticks closer than our brother. He, man, you understand this covenant. God is hooked in with you. You were brought near by the blood of Christ. You were brought near to him. And realize, as your life might be shaken today, and you're going through difficult things today, realize that his loyalty, his steadfastness, his love is right there with you. And it is not just, not just his love, but it's his covenant of peace and completeness. Thank you, Father. Oh, stand to your feet. Oh, Father, we thank you for this covenant of peace and completeness. I don't know what you might be facing today. Or what you might be walking through today. But I want you to know that there is a covenant of peace and completeness available to you. Everything might be shaken around you. Things could be, be, be scattered. Things may, you might be in a place of confusion. But I want you to know that there is, there is this, this place in God that I want to encourage you that you stay hooked in with. Don't, man, pursue God like you never have in your life. Run after him with all that you have within you. I'm telling you, you have access to him. And it doesn't matter what you did last night, six months ago, 20 years ago. I'm telling you, his, his, his arm is not short. But his covenant is towards you. All he wants to do is for you to draw near to him. That's what the blood of Jesus. Paul was talking about the word of our, my testimony. The word of my, this is why I can be victorious. This is why I can be victorious. Why? Because I stand in that grace and I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know, Eric last week was talking about, but you know, giving your testimony, telling your testimony to someone. What do you, when you give your testimony, what are you doing? You're rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. I mean, if he did it before, he'd do it again. There's power in that. There's power in what you're speaking. There's power in what you're declaring. There's power in what you're boasting about. I'm telling you, it's easy to sit back and boast about your problem. But we have to be a people. See, the church, the, the world sees so many people talking about what they feel, how they feel. What it should be, or this should be that, and that should be that. But I'm telling you, as believers, we're supposed to be the voices of hope to this generation. Voices of hope to the, not be a part of the world's voice, but be a voice to this generation. And how do we become a voice to this generation? 
we rejoice in the hope of the glory. We talk of his glory. We talk of his goodness. We talk of his power. Thank you, Father.